Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. You know what we never get enough of? What? Movies where horrible men take advantage of women in terrible ways, and it's packaged as entertainment. That's a really creative idea for a movie. Don't you think? Don't you think that there would be a market, perhaps, for Probably. for a movie with like a a pretty young woman, and then she's brutalized for an hour and a half straight by some middle-aged white guy? Sounds like an instant classic. But if a chick makes that movie, then she can kind of like you know have a message. Hmm. I do feel like that's what. Run, Sweetheart, Run from 2020 was trying to do. I think it was very clear what it was trying to do. (laughs) I am very, very torn about whether it worked or not. Well, that is a question. When our film opens, we have Cherie working at whatever this company is called as a secretary and giving an HR report on... We don't know what it's act, what has actually occurred, but somebody said something very inappropriate. Yes. And the HR guy doesn't care. No, he doesn't. In fact, and then, like, not only does he not care about what was done, he doesn't care that nobody stood up for her or said anything about it. In fact, when she says nobody said anything, he's like, we'll assume they didn't hear it. Yes, let's okay. assume that. I mean, that's very emblematic of what we will be seeing throughout this movie. Is It's like, I want to say, feminist in the sense that it's pointing out, it's showing us all the terrible things going on against women. Yes. Very, very clearly and abruptly. Yes. But the thing is, there's such a fine line between showing that in a feminist way and being like, look at the terrible things that are happening. You have to confront them. Don't look away. And like right next to that is misogynist guys using women and the torture of those women as entertainment. Yeah. And nobody looks away because it's entertainment. Like they're so close to each other. An interesting element in this film that happens, I think, three times is that the characters will manipulate the camera directly. They'll be like, there's the camera. I'm going to move it aside or tell it not to follow me Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's the opposite of what you said. You got your middle-aged white guy who says, I'm about to beat this woman to death. Let me push you aside and not see that. So it's interesting that that is the case. I also had a realization Hmm. because at the end of the movie, it's not Ethan controlling the camera anymore. Mm -mm. It's Cherie controlling the camera. So yes, like, like you said, Ethan turns away the camera from the overt violence, which I think was, 
At the end, I realized that the camera and the breaking of the fourth wall and the controlling of the camera was about male gaze versus female gaze. Mm. But does that mean because it was a female director, she was turning the camera away so we weren't overtly seeing these women being brutalized? I don't know, because it was done from his point of view. Like, it was about him controlling things. So, like, there's layers there. it's confusing because... It was definitely him showing you how much he's in control of everything. He's like, even the camera, which is not a part of this world, I'm controlling it and saying, don't follow me. And yet, it was being used by the female director to avert the gaze from the violence against women. It's weird. In turning the camera away, it did avoid having the horrific things happening exactly in front of us. While simultaneously making it very clear that he is the one doing them and he is the one in charge, you know, of the whole process. I don't know. Maybe it is like making the point even stronger by saying like, look, he's he's still controlling this. But really, she's controlling it. She being the director. Women are in charge all along. Well, of this movie, perhaps. (laughs) I... Except probably not, because there was like a suit at the production company who was like, oh, change this part and do this. Yeah. It was some middle-aged man who was telling her exactly what she had to do. Yeah. There were so many things throughout that I was like, I can't tell if I like the way this is being done or not. Like, through the entire movie, at the very beginning of the movie, Cherie gets her period as she is getting ready to go on this date right or on this business meeting slash date so through the entire movie she's having to deal with this That's and she is major part of it failing over and over and over again to get her hands on a tampon mm-hmm. which is a horror <laughs> for some of us and is like it sort of had that nightmare quality of like you're running away from something in a nightmare and you can't make any progress you're like stuck in mud kind of thing yeah like, it was that sort of thing. She would get so close, and then something would happen, and it wouldn't, like, her, her issue wouldn't be resolved. That part felt very realistic. On the other hand, there were so many pieces having to do with her bleeding and not being able to take care of it that were so unrealistic to me. Like, yeah. I made a stop so that I could, like, <laughs> rant a little bit at the beginning where I'm like, there's no way... That she's bleeding so much, she's dripping on the floor of this guy's fancy apartment, while simultaneously she just sat in a cab on the way over, and there's no, no issue with her clothing. Yeah, those two things can't happen at the same time. I mean, I don't know. It's not my area to ex- understand. Here's the thing: I know you don't know. <laughs> I mean, you kind of know, but like, I know you don't understand the practicalities of it the same way I do. But a female director should understand the practicalities of it. It's like when I watch a movie about hackers. Exactly. And you're like, that's not how any of this works. (laughs) Or like her friend. She has a close friend come to watch her child while she goes on this date. She doesn't ask her best friend to bring a tampon with her so that she can... Like, I... Oh. It was... It was so unrealistic in so many ways that... It took me out of the movie multiple times. Yeah, I noticed. And it was a major part of the whole movie. And what here's an interesting thing, though. This movie had 
Cherie bleeding all the time. And, I mean, literally, she was bleeding all the time. But from the rest of her body, too. Yes. She'd get smashed into things. Her face was bloody. She put on new clothes probably three times, maybe four in this yes. movie. And within a minute of each new clothing change, she had been slammed. And they, they came with showers most of the time. Yeah. She had been slammed up against something and covered with blood again. And it was like, she's just pouring blood all yeah. the time. It was a constant. And I wonder if that was actually, you know, an intended thing. Like, somehow connected to the fact that the bleeding was important. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did tie so closely into, you know, the plot of the movie, too. Like, Ethan was this demon who could follow her scent through her blood, even more particularly through menstrual blood. And that's a spoiler because the movie starts out as her boss is like, I can't go to this dinner with a client tonight. You go for me. After making her feel shame about supposedly she double booked him. Oh yeah, gaslighting her about how she didn't couldn't do her job, so now she has to do this extra meeting yeah. for him. And so of course she goes to the dinner and it turns into a date and then he attacks her and so the movie you think is, oh, this guy's dangerous and she's trying to run away from him. But it expands very much because, like you said, he's a demon and it gets crazy. It goes from like a a normal creepy dude movie to kind of a supernatural comic book style movie very quickly. Yeah, it's Um, got all kinds of angels and rituals and... Yeah. Now, the place where I felt like it was very accurate or where it was very clear that there was a woman's experience behind the storytelling, was in how accurately it pinpoints those things that the, you know, air quotes, nice guy will do to seem like a nice guy. But that each time he did it, I was like, oh, mm, no, that's a, mm, no, that's, that's a flag. Like... He was wrong about something, and she corrected him. Yes. And he let her correct him, which is a nice guy. Like, totally fine, you know, like, oh, you know, she was right, he was wrong. But then he pointed out how he was letting her correct him. Uh And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's not how you do that. And that made her double back into the, oh, I'm sorry, I have a problem with correcting Uh people. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when she shows him a picture of her daughter, which... He, she never should have done. Like, this is a stranger. Like, I, again, I don't think... I mean, obviously, some people would have done that. But I think most single moms would not have done that. But she shows him a picture of her daughter. And he's like, oh, she's so pretty. But also, like, makes a point of saying, like, oh, I know that that's not the only yeah. thing you're supposed to compliment. So then he's like, oh, she's also looks smart and funny like her mom and you know she's getting all kind of flustered by this you know guy giving her attention that feels good and not just about how hot she is but at the same time the fact that he's being so look at how nice i am look at what a good guy i am was yeah uh, gross yeah did you notice throughout this movie the ads that we saw on the walls and things. 
Yes, they were all like spoofs of things, but like super misogynist. They were really yes. over the top. Like there was an ad for a, like an exercise place that was basically pornographic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed. And yeah, everything was like really, I think some of it was very homophobic. And oh, I didn't like there was some misogyny and like very, you know, 1950s housewife kind of. Yeah things yeah it was there was there was a lot of background stuff there happening was a lot going on with with the theme of this movie mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is where i get i mean this is a, a bigger topic than we're piecemealing along but i take an issue with like the plot of this movie where we discover that ethan the guy she goes on a date with was an angel sent down to like guide and protect humanity and he took it too seriously well he took it to mean yeah. men yeah and like that as long as men are in power humanity will be saved yeah, preserve the patriarchy and make sure everything's like that yes and so he's been doing that for however long and he's a demon now which i don't know how the transition works there but he's clearly not the same as an angel because he's like leaking black stuff and then there's a female angel who's like we're gonna stop him and basically it's this idea that the only reason the world is as manocentric as it is right now is because this demon is making it that way and he's enforcing this and they kill him spoilers and now it's all gonna be girl power and it that's so pat and broken i one of my very last notes was whoo they burned him up everything's okay now no men have power anymore right that was all it took no i totally agree with you i think that this movie very much committed that movie sin of saying like oh this one small problem has been resolved therefore the entire system has been fixed i think what it's like is You could have a fictional story about a dragon that's terrorizing a village, and you kill the dragon, and the village is safe. Cool. But when the dragon is patriarchy, that's really here. It's everywhere. We know that you can't just kill it, and it's gone. Like, that story doesn't work. You can't... Well, it's this, it's this symbolism. It's the broken symbolism of, like, they put patriarchy into this one guy. So if you kill yeah. the one guy, then patriarchy has been defeated. And that's yeah. not... Patriarchy isn't one guy. They've simplified the problem. It's like a white savior kind of thing, you know? Yes. You come in and you can fix it all. Yes. It definitely, definitely had that issue. I also felt like it was very revengey, right? Like, yes. Which... In the context of the movie, okay. Like, he went around killing all the people who tried to help her and all the people Mm -hmm. who were important to her, and she wanted revenge, and she killed him. Okay, like, I get that. But when you then put that into the bigger story of, you know, the, the allegory of feminism taking down the patriarchy, you don't fix a broken system by tearing it down and replacing it with the opposite of that broken system. Yeah. Like, you can't just come in and be like, oh, well, men being in power is a huge problem, so we're going to kill patriarchy, and now women are going to be in power, and everything will be fine. Yeah, it it becomes also that idea of, if it's not affecting me personally, it's not my problem. She's going in and fixing this 
because he hurt her and she's just fighting back instead of it being somebody saying hooray here's a way i can destroy the patriarchy and make everything better it's it's like the, that political idea of not caring about something until it affects you directly yeah and it kind of made that into her thing it kind of did i mean i suspect because sheree was played by a young black woman like yeah. i suspect this wasn't the first experience she had had with the patriarchy or no. any of the other broken systems in the world. Well, they made that clear at the beginning of the movie. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was supposed to be kind of, it was supposed to be strongly hinted in that, you know, that's not what was happening. But I see what you mean in the sense that it, it took this story that was very big and put it all in these two people. Yeah. Which is not a problem like i don't have a problem with that per se but i do have a problem with that then being portrayed as like now everything is better because these two people like we found resolution for this issue it could have been cool if it ended and she was like oh my gosh we did it because she barely survived this Mm -hmm. and you know she did it and then the angel lady came over and was like that is so great you have taken care of the local one for these three blocks Now let's keep going. That's one guy. I mean, and to be fair, there were a ton of women who were in, you know, the first lady's spa and they all showed up there. And like, there was like that empowering all the vampire slayers at once kind of (laughs) vibe. But it just, yeah, it was, it was a little problematic. I felt the same way about that as I did about watching the Barbie movie where I was like, okay, I see like the empowering women piece of it which is great but it's also like missing some really important chunks of what is necessary and i don't know if that was because it's such a complex issue to put into one movie like it's just too much for any one movie to hold which is understandable or if if i just fundamentally disagree with what the solution to the problem is because there are a lot of people who are like yeah you know, maybe the whole revenge piece and the whole, like, swing the pendulum completely in the other direction solution is the solution. And I vehemently do not think that that is going to fix anything. Well, even if that were the case, it's still really oversimplifying it to kill one guy. Yes, yes, very much so. So this was kind of like a you know a hero story where she doesn't believe in herself she doesn't think she can do this and you know she's told she's the chosen one kind of Mm -hmm. and you know we're gonna get you ready to go but all of that chosen one stuff happens in the last 10 minutes of the movie and prior to that it's just her running away in terror from this horrible guy or trying to find ways to mm-hmm. fight back in small ways to, you know, escape him. And that's the part that felt off to me, is that even up until the very end, even how she beats him in the end, is still just barely scraping by. And cool, you know, that you made him so powerful that she can barely, you know, beat him. But it just never had that Neo moment where she realized that she had the power to do this and did it she, you know she just continued to bleed all over the place and just barely survive and i was that's what i was missing for me like just yeah. because of the story it was it was it was a revenge thing it was like he did this to her and now we're mad at him let's get him mm-hmm. and she does technically get him but it's not 
you know, this big moment. It's more like, uh, just barely. I mean, okay, so from my perspective, that part of it feels almost more realistic. Yeah, it's definitely more realistic. Right, in the sense that, like, that is how the battle goes. Mm -hmm. And... And not even, I mean, realistic up to the, you can barely do it, and then often you don't end up. Or, yeah. you know, like, one little thing. Like, it, it ties back to the beginning of where she's saying, someone said something horrible to me and should be held accountable. And even though she does the heroic thing, which really is a heroic thing, of taking the risk and saying, yeah. hey, this person needs to be held accountable, and then nothing is going to happen. Or something does happen, because... Her boss does say, oh, yeah, I fired that guy. Yeah. But at the same time that he's giving her what she wants in that instance, he's also feeding her to a demon yes. out of retaliation for the fact he that she dared did. to cause a problem in his business. Yeah, because secretly he's been sending secretaries to this guy however often for a really long time. As a tithe. Yes. It is fantastic. He knows what's going on. Uh-huh. So when you said, like, she never had that moment of realizing her own strength, I agree with you, and I find that extra frustrating because she is literally told exactly what her strength is. Like, Uh the angel, the first lady angel, is like, your blood is not your weakness, it's your strength. Like, and, and she did figure that out in the sense that she, like, used it to throw him off her scent for a while or, like, to distract him so that she could get somewhere else and like she did trick him into not realizing the sun was coming up because apparently this demon is part vampire yeah i mean that's once you become a demon sun is a problem i guess so i mean she does kind of use it but i agree like she never really found her like that inner strength except that at one point she's on the verge of losing because Ethan has once again come in and killed off all of the people who took the risk to help yes. her, which I think was like a pretty powerful, not so positive message throughout the whole movie was like, yeah. if you are willing to stand with people who are in the line of fire, you're going to get taken out. Yeah. That's which true. again, yeah, yeah, realistic, but not very hopeful. So at one point, like he is once again killed off everyone around her. It's just the two of them. And he is defeating her. Like, she is about dead. And he says something about how he's going to take her daughter and raise her himself. Yeah. And that is the thing that gives her the strength. And I feel like my response to that is going to be different than the response many women would have. Because many women are mothers and understand on, like, a very deep, like, in-your-bones kind of way that feeling of even when I'm too tired to fight for myself, I am still going to fight for my child. And I get that and I respect that. So if that's what somebody takes away from it, fantastic. That being said, as a childless person, I get so tired of women characters only being able to finally find the strength to succeed when their children are threatened, that they can't find that strength for themselves or in themselves. And that the only reason she was able to defeat the patriarchy was because she was a mother. Like, fine, if that's where people get their strength from, that's fine. But the idea that that's the only place you can get your strength from is essentially a patriarchal piece of nonsense. 
Gusick. I don't know. I was trying to make up. I was trying to remember what it is that they would say in on Firefly. <laughs> trying to you. try. Thank you. <laughs> no, it it's a patriarchal line of nonsense, and it just reinforces what this movie was supposed to be fighting against. In my yeah, mind, I mean that's subtle and tricky, but I can see that. It's and and the symbolism of like the pit bull that shows up and chases him away because yeah, this demon the has pit bull. right. This demon has a phobia of dogs for some reason. Mm, apparently, he's a cat cat person. Yeah, I don't know. But this nursing pit bull shows up and like helps her find her inner mother strength. And then at the very end, when she gets home, that pit bull is like standing guard outside her house. Yeah, which fine. I love it. They, you know, little bonding situation there. And, you know, I love when pit bulls are given, like, the good guy status, right? Yes. But it was still more of that, oh, got to be a mom. That's where strong comes from. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yeah. You said she was in there and the people gathered to protect her. That was where this movie got kind of crazy. Mm. When she goes back to her old boyfriend, he takes her home, and he's with her former best friend, and a bunch of kids. I assume they're their kids. I don't know. They're older kids, like teenagers. And eventually, Ethan shows up to attack this place, and all of them get up, and they just, like, reach right next to them for a sword, a gun, a butcher knife, a bat, and a shotgun. And yeah. they're all just standing there with their weapons. They were they were ready. So here's what I took from that, okay? Because all of those characters in that house were either black, Asian, or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, felt like the whole, like, intersectionality of, like, we know what fighting the patriarchy feels like because we fight white supremacy all the time and like you yeah. know that that same that similar thing right also she was both black and a woman like she had yeah. that intersectionality so it sort of felt like you know the symbolism of we've got your back against this white guy because he common enemy right yeah. one thing i do want to give a shout out to Trey who while flawed is an actual nice guy. Yeah. Like, he's not perfect. He's not even necessarily a good guy in the sense that, like, he shouts a bunch and, you know, he doesn't believe her at first and he is dating her best friend shortly after breaking up with that her or she broke up with him. I don't know what the whole drama was there. But, like, even with all of his, like, everyday human flaws, he goes to bat for her like he stands for her he goes to pick her up even though there are there's this like bad blood between them and he's protecting Mm -hmm. her daughter who may be his daughter as well i think yeah i think so but like he's he's doing the things even though there are some things where you're sort of like oh come on figure it out at the same time he ends up making the decisions that are actually protecting her and taking care of her and listening to her and all of that he does do a really stupid thing though they get to the house and he's like my new girlfriend might be mad if i bring you into the house so let me go in and talk to her first and she is mad until the moment she sees that this other woman has been assaulted and then she's like what is wrong with you like Mm -hmm. why did you leave her out here alone like 
of course, come in the house. I've got yeah. your back. Like it was, it was so clear that even though they had all this drama between them, the moment Dawn realized what was going on, that was all set aside. And she ended up like laying down her life. She and all of her friends mm-hmm. ended up laying down their lives to protect Cherie. Yeah. In a crazy scene. Yeah. Okay. So I think that all of those other people were friends of, of Dawn's. Like, I think they were like a bunch of adults hanging out. There was the one young, like, teenage boy. Yeah. Who I think was maybe Trey's son. Possibly. You know, like a much older son from, you know, some other relationship. I never found, I don't remember any closure about what happened to him. She left him in the bathtub upstairs Oh. And told him to stay there no matter what. And then came down and then she and Ethan left and that was it. Like, I think he survived even though no one else did. Sure. I mean, it makes sense. He was up there. I don't know. I totally forgot about that. Everyone did. (laughs) Yeah. They all forgot about him up there. Ratings. So I think ultimately by the end of this movie... I think it comes down on the strong feminist message side with some pretty significant flaws that bother mm-hmm. me. But I, I think, like, about halfway through this movie, I was like, oh, this this movie is in danger of getting a zero from me. Like, this is oh. just a lot of nonsense. There's not enough realism, and then there's too much realism. Like, there's not enough realism in the, like how the world really works, but then there's, like, way too much realism in how this woman is being attacked over and over again. And it seemed like it was very gratuitous. By the end, I feel like it pulled it together enough where I was like, okay, I get why we had to see all of those earlier things. A lot of it was, it was it was symbolic of the different things. You know, you have your family unit around you and they can't protect you. And you have strangers and they can't protect you. And even if they do, like the, the guy from the convenience store who did, who like finally a stranger yeah. who was like, no, I'm not going to let you do terrible things to this woman, like stop. And ultimately all it took was Ethan just staring him down and he ran away. Yeah. I think that is because he controls men. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, but no, that, that makes sense. They discussed. That makes sense. So, like, but you see all of these different things. Like, she goes to the church, and the church can't protect her. And she goes to one of the best protections she had was when she was in the club, and some more dude bros started giving her a hard time. And immediately, a group of women shows up, who total strangers, who are just like, hey, there you are. Come along. And they, like, chase the guys off, and they, you know, yeah. make her one of their own. And that was cool, except... Ethan came along and killed them all in a car crash. Like, it just, there were all the different places where you might try to find safety and then realize the patriarchy is already there. (laughs) Yeah. It can get you anyway. So I, you know, so I think eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, I see what's going on. I, I see why we're going through all of these different things. Weirdly, because I like comic book movies i like superhero movies weirdly the comic book aspect of it like the breaking the fourth wall Mm -hmm. you know deadpool style and the (laughs) the text popping up and like there were just a lot of weird things where i was just like "Mm, no this i 
I didn't feel like we needed that. It felt like too extra on yeah. top of what was already a very complicated, layered story. And I really didn't like the first lady. Like the buildup to the first lady was exciting. And I was like, all right, she's going to eventually she's going to get to the first lady and then there's going to be a thing. Yeah. And then after that, I was super disappointed on how all of that played out. Yeah, like, that could have been the whole thing. And she sets her up with, like, okay, we're going to clean you all up. We're going to take your blood and, you know, dilute it into water and pour it down drains so he smells you all over town and he can't find you. And And that never mattered. Right. They did that, and then they're like, now, go attract him to you with your blood. I was like, but you just, what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there were there were so many things about that that didn't make any sense. And then, the, you know, when she's all cleaned up, I, I just made a note where I was like, well, apparently all she needed was a, stra- a spa treatment plus a Corvette plus a dog plus Santa Monica Pier plus a back black belt plus some spray paint yeah. plus some rocks plus a carousel. Like, yeah. it just was, it, it was a little extra. So watching this movie, I was more frustrated and annoyed than I was empowered or entertained Hmm. and as we've talked about it i have continued to feel more frustrated and annoyed (laughs) than i do empowered or entertained so as much as i think there were some really good pieces to this movie i am still only going to give it three bleach wipes out of five because it was all over the place so great yeah That makes sense. I'm also giving it three bleach wipes out of five because it just kind of rides that line between, like, I I like the idea kind of, but again, it's sort of, you know, broken, this making it so that by killing this one guy, they've solved patriarchy. Like, that's that's childish. (laughs) It's just, Mm -hmm. come on. And... And I, I was really frustrated throughout the whole movie, like I said, that she never really finds her strength. She, she manages to find little bits of strength of like, oh, I'm going to kick him in the face and run out this door. And mm-hmm. great. But she never stands up and is like, you can't stop me. This is not going to happen. She never has her Captain Marvel moment. Yeah, exactly. Where she like realizes like, Straight up, you have been gaslighting and manipulating me, and I'm not having it anymore. Yeah, I mean, imagine if it had been something about gaslighting, where it's like, it turns out he's not actually strong. He's just been convincing you he's strong, and you can just not be hurt by him. That reminds me of something that I meant to mention, and I forgot. At the end, I did find it entertaining that there's this moment where he's captured her and she starts doing the thing that women in movies always do where she's like oh okay i do want you you win Uh you know and she likes starts doing the you know female manipulation thing that is so it's such an evil horrible thing and he is so desperate to believe that he's winning that he believes that she's doing this like after an entire <laughs> night of her fighting him tooth and nail. Yeah. Suddenly he believes that in this moment she's like changing her mind. Not giving up, but literally yeah. changing her mind and deciding that she does want to be with him. And I was like, that is so misogyny. Like that's so... Yeah, I liked that. Yes, and, and it was very symbolic of this 
blindness that <laughs> that the patriarchy puts on so many men where they truly think that they're winning and that they're better and that there's some kind of right. control yes, you know that, that they are actually holding everything together instead of the fact mm-hmm. that they are actively destroying things and that's the thing i was looking for through the whole movie was that you know turning his specific weirdness back on him and beating him with his mm-hmm. own tricks but it was just that one little bit mm-hmm. so so anyway we both agree i mean it's it's an okay movie it's like kind of good but kind of bad and so it comes to the middle i feel like it's one of those movies where it's really dependent on where you are in your own like growth and understanding of the patriarchy and what it's doing to the world and what it does to women and what women experience and all of that. And I honestly don't know. Like, I can't then say, well, the reason I had a problem with it is because I'm more advanced than this movie is. It might be that this movie is way ahead of where I am and I just don't understand what it's saying yet. You just don't know which guy you need to kill. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's it. I just need to find the one guy and set him on fire. Yeah. But I do think that any anyone who watches this movie is going to have a very unique personal experience with it because it does talk about so many of those things. And those things are often things that men and women are aware of to varying degrees depending on you know their own experiences and and yeah you know what they've learned and what they've tried to learn and you know all of that so i i do think uh three is a very fair score because that's probably what the average of all the people watching <laughs> like some people are gonna hate it some people are gonna love it you know i don't know yeah all right it's time for a sad announcement yeah It is the end of November. We are heading into the final month of this year, which is... December. It's the final month of every year. I can't believe you didn't know that. (laughs) I was going to say, which is a little mind-boggling, because I feel like it was March, like, two weeks ago. It was. But we've been doing these podcasts almost every week. For the entire year, which I think has been fun. I've enjoyed. I would like to continue. I like it. But also my brain needs a little bit of a break. And so does my editing arm. Yes. So we are going to put a pause on new episodes through the month of December. This is the end of our 2023 season of episodes. Yes. But we have every intention of being back with you Once we've all entered the amazing future of 2024. I can't wait to see it. So goodbye, everyone. We will miss you. I will miss getting to watch movies all the time. We can still watch movies. No, because then we might need to read them. (sighs) Okay. We will miss you if you miss us, as I'm sure you will. Easily. Our clever witty banter. Mm. And our insightful, insightful thoughts, analysis of horror, the genre of horror. Yeah. You can always go back and listen to old episodes. There are some pretty good ones back there. There are nearly 200 episodes to listen to. Yeah. 
So if you haven't listened to all the back catalog, now's your opportunity, and we will see you in January. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. think was all over this page mm, i don't know yikes oh i think it was m&ms mm, that makes sense that's healthy i was gonna say i'm gonna guess candy no shocked face i meant m&ms savory uh-huh